the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. We're so glad to have you join us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Hey, guys. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good morning. Happy, um, yeah, Martin Luther King Day today. Yeah, my sister's yes. birthday today. Oh, happy birthday to happy your sister. Birthday. Happy birthday, Sharon. Oh, that's nice. Are you going to go visit, have a little cake? Ah, believe it or not, I even have a surprise for her. Oh, I do believe it. <gasps> I'd tell y'all, but Yay. then it might ruin the it surprise because she does listen. So. That's right. <laughs> tell us tomorrow. <laughs> I'll tell y'all tomorrow, tomorrow we'll what get it an is. update on her surprise. <laughs> I'll just say this. After last night's uh, win by the Bengals, she'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Well, that's good. Oh, good. That's a good thing. All right. Well, today is the Feast of St. Berard and Companions. So let's begin this morning with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Almighty, ever-living God, who govern all things both in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the pleading of your people and bestow your peace on our times. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, St. Berard and companions, pray for us. Pray for us. We have a great show for you today, starting off with some events in your listening area we will give you details about. That'll be in eight minutes. In 18 minutes, Mark Bromley joins us. Mark is a president of Ignatius Press, and today he joins us to talk about a book called Benedict the Sixteenth, Servant of Love, as we continue to discuss this wonderful uh, pope and remember his life. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliarato joins us. He is the co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And we're talking about the March for Life. And in 48 minutes, Bonnie Mart joins Alicia and Damien in the Baton Rouge studio. She is a co-founder of the Women's Giving Circle in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And she's going to be talking about the Women's Giving Circle. And uh, today, Alicia, you were at St. Michael High School in Baton Rouge early, early, early this morning. Saying goodbye to the kids as they go off to D.C. for the March for Life. How exciting. That's right. It was uh, three full buses of students, brave parent volunteers, (laughs) priests, sisters, (laughs) uh, teachers, all uh, boarding buses. There were three buses leaving from St. Michael the Archangel in Baton Rouge and three leaving from St. John the Baptist in Prairieville. So hopefully they have good weather for their trek. Should be a good march. Yep. Yep, it should yeah, be. 50th anniversary. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Wow. Lots to march for, That's lots definitely. to celebrate this year. So 
Hopefully, uh, yeah, well, weather-wise, good weather. Yeah, they, they get the leaving good weather. That's Let's good. hope they'll arrive. <laughs> I'll have good. to take a look, see what it's going to be in DC uh, over the next few <laughs> days. Keep the parents uh, abreast of what's going on. Uh, but we have spring-like day today. Uh, interestingly enough, high is going to be 75. Uh, overcast skies only because we've got some rain that's going to be moving in. Uh, Primarily in the late afternoon, overnight hours, it'll linger till tomorrow morning. And once that clears out, it's going to be pretty nice all the way through Saturday. So we'll get the rain in and out of the forecast quickly, and then we can enjoy the rest of the week. Temperatures are going to be in the 70s most of the week. And uh, as I said, I don't, the winds are going to be pretty breezy right now, uh, 15 to 20 miles an hour ahead of the front. But then I think they're going to calm down as well and dissipate. Uh, temperatures in and around the area. Gulfport, it's 54. Uh, in Covington, it's 57. New Orleans, 63 degrees. In Baton Rouge, it's 61. Over in Laplace, it's 62. And in Homa Thibodeau, the Bayou area, 64 degrees. It's five after on Monday, wake up. Good Monday morning to you. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes from Mark chapter 2. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were accustomed to fast. People came to Jesus and objected. Why do the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. If he does, its fullness pulls away the new from the old, and the tear gets worse. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the skins will be ruined. Rather, new wine is poured into fresh wineskins. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. In the Old Testament, God is depicted as Israel's husband. Thus, Isaiah wrote, For your maker is your husband. In today's gospel, Jesus reveals himself as the heavenly husband. What's more, Jesus views his whole public ministry as part of his wedding ceremony, which climaxes when the bridegroom is taken away from them. Jewish weddings were very festive occasions that lasted seven days. The groomsmen, called the sons of the bride chamber, assisted the bridegroom and prepared the wedding chamber. At the end of the wedding, they would carry the bridegroom, who was dressed as a priest wearing a crown, to the place of the wedding bed, when the bridegroom was taken away from them to be united with his bride. Then they and the other guests would respectfully depart. The climatic event of Jesus' wedding, however, was quite different. We are his groomsmen, but in our smug self-confidence, we neglected prayer and eventually we denied our Lord. Our attachment to this world led us to betray him with a kiss. In the immediate preparation, we tore his body apart with the lash of our sins of the flesh. Then our pride embedded a crown of thorns on his head as we ridiculed his royalty. Instead of joyfully carrying him to the bride chamber, our sins of indifference, disobedience, 
and our lack of love beat and dragged him there as the weight of his wedding bed dug into his torn shoulder. Once there, our sins of immodesty tore off his seamless priestly robe, opening up the wounds on his scourged body. Finally, our accumulated sins nailed him to his wedding bed. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. As we reflect on these events, may the humble prayer of the tax collector become our plea. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Let us never again strike you with our sins. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Welcome back to Wake Up, uh, 11 after the hour on a Monday morning. And, uh, you know, a number of events. We like to start the week off, kind of inform you on what's going on, uh, even if it's a month or so away. And in this particular case, uh, there is an engaged uh, couples retreat sponsored by Echo. Uh, it's going to be February 24th through the 26th right here in Louisiana. Now, this particular weekend offers uh, you and your fiance to learn to grow in love with God. And it's a, an environment where it focuses on topics uh, that matter most in a marriage. Okay, so if you're engaged and you're getting ready to be married, you really ought to maybe think about attending one of these retreats. Uh, it helps you prepare not just for the wedding day, but also a lifetime of love and hopefully happiness. Uh, there's a number of things that take place. There's dynamic talks, live music, life-giving discussions, and uh, quality time with your fiancé where you really get to know each other even probably more deeply than you would expect. You want to learn more? Hey, I've got a website for you to go to. It's echoretreats.com, E-C-H-O, retreats.com. They used to be Dumb Ox Ministries, but they've changed the name because it's echo, 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 (laughs) retreats.com. Okay, that's a good way to remember it. I think that's That's great. That's why I did that. Uh, That was very nice. Very nice. Uh, (laughs) We mentioned earlier that today, uh, high school students from the Diocese of Baton Rouge were boarding uh, six buses heading to six. That was a lot of kids. And and brave parent volunteers and and teachers and religious and and priests. And and they are heading to the National March for Life, which is Friday, uh, January 20th, this Friday, in our nation's capital. Well, if you didn't make it to Washington, D.C., have no fear. You can participate in the Louisiana March for Life. Uh, the the uh, title this year is Everyone Deserves a Birthday. Oh. And that will be sa- Saturday, January 21st. It starts at 10 a.m. and will conclude at noon. And of course, it starts at our Louisiana State Capitol on 3rd Street in Baton Rouge. You can find out more information about the Louisiana March for Life at L.A lifemarch.com be sure and check that out I love that. it's very well I done love that. yes mm-hmm. yeah yes i was one of those high schoolers from st michael high school in baton rouge who was on one of those buses a long time ago <laughs> um well, i guess not so long ago i still have my baton rouge white hat so and my whole bag i kept everything in the little drawstring bag my scarf it was such awesome. a wonderful and memorable trip uh well it wasn't a trip it was a pilgrimage we <laughs> had that yes. said multiple times so as a high schooler you think it's a trip oh you get to go away from school no it was a wonderful time and wonderful memories so let's talk about hotel hope it's a 24-hour room 
motel that shelters homeless mothers and their children. Housed in former Crescent Palms Motel off of Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in New Orleans, it provides a temporary home and a secure location for families while assisting the mothers in finding sustainable employment and permanent housing. With no license to cook meals for the guests, there is need for volunteers to deliver evening meals for the families. Volunteers are also needed to staff at the front desk in four-hour shifts. If you are interested in providing a meal or being a concierge, you can contact Janet Myers, or you can go to hotelhope.org for more information. That's hotelhope.org. Always a good cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spiritual Day of Reflection is coming up, sponsored by the Louisiana Knights of Columbus. It's going to be in Lafayette, and it will be held February 25th at uh, St. John Cathedral, right there on St. John Street in Lafayette. They'll have a number of guest speakers. There's even coffee, breakfast, kicks off at 8 o'clock, and the speakers throughout the day. More information, go to louisianakc.org, louisianakc.org for a spiritual day of reflection. It's going to be great. All right, folks, 15 after on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 16th. Today we celebrate St. Berard and Companions. Countless holy men and women have been gifted with a missionary spirit, so strong that they leave behind their homeland and begin a new life serving people whose language and culture are unfamiliar. In the process, some of these holy men and women pay the ultimate price, martyrdom. Today we honor several such people, the first Franciscan martyrs. In 1219, with the blessing of St. Francis of Assisi, several Franciscans left Italy to preach in Morocco. Leading the group was a young follower of Francis named Berard. He and his companions tried preaching in Seville, then under Muslim control, but made no converts. They next went to Morocco, where they preached at the marketplace. The Franciscan friars were immediately apprehended and ordered to leave the country. They refused. When they began preaching again, the local leader ordered them executed. After refusing to renounce their faith, they were beheaded on January 16, 1220. Their relics were brought to Portugal, where a young man named Anthony of Padua was moved by the strength of their faith. Berard and his four companions, Peter, Ajute, Akers, and Odo, were canonized in 1481. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. You've tuned your heart to the truth. It's 19 past the hour on Wake Up. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Mark Brumley joins us next. He is the president of Ignatius Press. And today he's going to be talking about this beautiful and stunning flipbook, photograph, glorious arts. It's called Benedict the 16th Servant of Love. I love books like these because it really takes us back and helps us to understand the person. And the title of the book is just that. Mark, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I enjoyed looking through this wonderful flip book, uh, Benedict the 16th Servant of Love. It's all about uh, the late Pope Emeritus Benedict the 16th. And it's just so cool because it takes us through his life. So tell us a little bit about other things we can find in this book and the uniqueness of it. Well, it's, a, it's really a commemorative book, you know, with photos and obviously text talking about mm-hmm. Benedict the 16th's life 
you know, one of the wonderful things I like about it is how you really do see the young Benedict the Sixteenth, you know, as a boy and mm-hmm. his family situation, his parents, and so on. Well, before you get into, you know, his his life as a as a theolo- as a priest, first of all, then as a theologian, and then as a you know churchman, and ultimately as pope. All those things are covered here, but it's not just a biography. Um, it, it, you know, it, it tells you not it tells you about the background of Benedict XVI, Joseph Ratzinger, but also you know some of his main ideas and his prayers. You know, some of his favorite prayers. So it it kind of captures all the dimensions of of his life uh, in a very attractive uh, you know sort of photo uh, commemorative book. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was younger, I watched a movie about Pope St. John Paul II, and it took us through his life. And I remember how profound that movie was and still is to me. It stuck with me. And as a child, you got to see a young saint. I didn't know that at the time, but a young saint. That's right. uh, and that's ex- that's exactly what I like, because it, the book starts off with the youth uh, life of Pope Benedict XVI. Kind of take us through that. Yeah, well, you know, he, of course, he grew up in Germany uh, in the 1920s, and you know, as a young man, that his his family moved around a bit, especially after the Nazis took power in Germany, because his father was a policeman mm-hmm. and w- did not was not sympathetic to the Nazis, and so he was trying to protect his family. So he he moved increasingly to you know further and further away from uh, as as much Nazi influence as he could. But eventually, you know, he, he couldn't escape it. And, and young Joseph and his brother Georg, they were both uh, uh, forced to join the Hitler Youth and drafted in the army and so on. And so that mm. t- tragic situation, I mean, it was tragic for the whole of Germany, uh, is reflected well, you know, both in pictures and in the story in the book. Also talk about the next part we'll find in the book is his thoughts. So it's categorized in three parts. So part one, part two, and part three. Part two is Pope Benedict XVI's thoughts. I think that's the main thing that a lot of people stick with and what makes Pope Benedict XVI so unique was his writings and really his knowledge on theology and church teaching. Right. Well, and of course... He combines two things that oftentimes don't get combined, which is a love of truth and and the teaching on the truth of love. You know, um, I should have mentioned earlier one of the things that stands out about Benedict. This comes through in the section on his teaching uh, is his a special liturgical life. You know, all Catholics are were baptized, and many of them are baptized as as young people, as children, as infants even into the life of the church. He was not only baptized as an infant, but he was baptized on Holy Saturday, you know, the, 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 the Saturday between Good mm. Friday and Easter Sunday. And there's a, a, a profound significance uh, of that, that, that his life was marked by this deep appreciation of the liturgy. In the section on his teaching that comes out, uh, you know, in his reflection on the nature of liturgy and really the central mysteries of the Christian faith, our life in God and the Trinity, um, uh, the uh, idea that God has revealed himself to us in his, in his word and divine revelation, uh, that Jesus Christ is really the center of what God 
wants to say to humanity and how we come to know God and stand in relation to God. And, of course, we participate uh, in our life with God in the Church. The Church is the community of those who participate. The Church is the instrument of salvation, and that's where the liturgical dimension comes out, uh, because, of course, the liturgy is the public worship that the Church engages in, uh, the, the way we, through Jesus Christ, express our love for God and our relationship with one another. And then, of course, um, the reality of the Church is, is really summed up in Our Lady, and uh, Benedict's teaching about Our Lady, how she um, mm. is this figure of continuity between the Old Testament and the New Testament. She's mm -hmm. the daughter of Zion, yet she's the embodiment of the Church as the mother of Christ and ultimately the mother of Church. Uh, so there are a lot of themes that are ex expanded in this book uh, that taken from the central insights that um, Pope Benedict emphasized. You know, you talk about the Eucharist as being at the center of the Christian understanding of love, uh, faith and reason, the relationship between faith and reason, faith needing to purify reason, reason needing to purify faith, and how these mm -hmm. go together. Uh, very foundational ideas. Absolutely. Uh, we also remember when Pope Emeritus, the late Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI resigned, and he was the first Pope to resign since, I believe, 1415. That was such a, obviously a long time ago. Uh, but that was something that we have never experienced in our lifetime. Talk about that and how that was so profound and, and maybe shocking for a lot of people. Well, it was because, you know, we, we think of popes as uh, ending their papal ministry when they die, and he didn't do that. He resigned. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. was evident early on when he first became Pope, when he was interviewed. Uh, uh, he said if he ever got to a place where he could not fulfill the responsibilities of the ministry, papal ministry, he would resign. Uh, just as in a family, there comes a point where, you know, the father's the head of the family, but he uh, can reach a point where he can't conduct the leadership of the family, so he passes that on, you know, to the the next generation. And so, in a certain sense, that's what Benedict saw himself as doing, uh, passing on the papal ministry to the next generation. Of course, Pope Francis isn't that much younger; he's about ten years younger mm -hmm. than uh, Benedict, but he but he still was younger and uh, able to carry on the the ministry. So, you absolutely. Know, we, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you know, as I was preparing for this interview, I love reading about fun facts on popes. And one of the things that makes Pope, well, one of the many things that makes Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI so unique was he loves cats. And also he never had a driver's license. He had a pilot's license, so he loved to fly in between residents. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool, you know. Uh, and of course, the list goes on and on and on, uh, the uniqueness of the late Pope Benedict XVI. Yes, when he when he was younger, of course, he, he didn't have somebody to drive him around as he did when he was Pope, but he rode a bike, yeah. he rode a bicycle. You know, that was his principal way of, of getting about. So it is interesting that he didn't have a driver's license, but he had a pilot's license. Uh, and that says so much about this, this man, how fascinating he is in so many ways. It's amazing. He also knew so many languages, German, English, Italian, French, Spanish, 
knowledge of Portuguese, and naturally he also spoke classical Latin. I had to make sure I read this correctly because that is so impressive and so amazing uh, that he can he was able to speak and reach out to so many people. That's what makes our church so universal. So many people. It's a melting pot of of so many people around the world together. So Mark Brumley, uh, president of Ignatius Press, we're talking about the book Benedict the Sixteenth, Servant of Love. What makes this so unique are the pictures. So you can look and, and kind of reflect on his life when you're looking at these pictures. Where can we go, Mark, to pick up our copy of this wonderful book? Well, people could go to their local uh, Catholic bookstore to get the book, or they can go online to Ignatius Press at ignatius.com. That's I-G-N-A-T-I-U-S.com. And get a copy there. Wonderful. Mark, thank you so much for being with us. We look forward to having you join us on Wake Up Again. You're the president of Ignatius Press. Mark, thank you. Well, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Absolutely. Yes. It's and a- you can actually find a, a link real quick on the comment section for today's Facebook Live video to purchase a book. But Alicia's holding it up right now if you're watching the video stream. It's, and it's beautiful. Gorgeous. It is beautiful. So many amazing photos filled with photos and wonderful information. It's a keeper for sure. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Book. Definitely, definitely take a look at those fun facts. Catholic News Agency. I'll post the article in the comment section. It was just fun facts about the late Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth. Just different things. His favorite food. You know what his sister did as as her job, and so it's just fun stuff that you don't think. Oh, you know they used to have fun too. I don't know. It's like seeing a teacher outside of school. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just fun. To- <laughs> It's fun to see that and read that kind of stuff. So definitely, definitely check that out. Well, stay with us. Alan Migliorado will be joining Alicia as we talk about the March for Life. It's a big week for a lot of people. It is Have Fassy Hour on Wake Up. for tuning your heart to the truth on Wake Up. I'm Alicia Quibido with Damian Collado and Gabby Smith. We're happy to have you with us on this Monday morning. We are joined this morning, as we are every Monday, by our friend Alan Migliorato. He is the founder of Adventure Catholic Youth Leadership Formation Training. He is the author of The Manly Art of Raising a Daughter and the co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. Good morning, Alan. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to have you with us this morning, as always. And I was sharing with you, Alan, that I was at St. Michael the Archangel High School in Baton Rouge at um, before oh dark 30 this morning. Like, I, I don't can't remember the last time that I wasn't taking a flight that I left my house when it was still 4 a.m. Mm. But anyway, uh, loading up buses of excited, sleepy, but excited high school students to go to the National March for Life. So it's very timely that you and I are talking about the march and about the pro-life uh, issue. You know, it's something that a lot of teenagers don't really think about at times unless we put it in front of them. And this generation, you know, it seems like every generation has 
or every honestly every five years or so, not even a generation, every five years or so there's there's like a shift in culture and they, they concentrate on something different that's important to them. And, you know, the equality seems to come up over and over and over with with teenagers, you know, everybody, we have all kinds of lives that matter, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and they're always trying to promote, you know, equality among, among gender and, and sex and race and religion, and everybody wants, you know, that equality. And so this is one of those things where we can't overlook the equality of, the, of, a, of a baby in the womb still mm-hmm. and, and making sure that our teens understand the importance of that, you know, and that they are humans as well. And it doesn't matter, you know, how old, how young, life is life. Yes. Um, recently, and this doesn't really necessarily have anything to do with the March for Life, but um, last Friday we went to, I took uh, a group of about 25 or 30 teens to a Shabbat service at a, at a synagogue oh, just so that like, they could experience, like, this is where our faith comes from and like right. and ask questions of the rabbi mm. and just kind of talk to them and, and get to know them and and it kind of solidifies the reasons that we do what we do as Catholics you know and mm-hmm. and it really strengthens and a lot of people are afraid well I'm not going to bring my kid to a Jewish synagogue because it's going to make him Jewish and it's like come uh, on right you know, you, yeah <laughs> you know you go to a bowling alley he's not a professional bowler right. you know <laughs> <laughs> You sit your kid in your garage for an hour. He's not a car, so he's not going to be not going to stop being Catholic because we experience. But to see that you know where our roots come from, and and to make sure that we we are reaching out to our brothers, you know, and our sisters that are that are not Catholic at times, yes. and that also then and that can translate very easily over to are we reaching out to the to the to the unborn, and are mm-hmm. we not judging these women? who are, you know, are maybe going and getting information at these abortion clinics, you know, instead of mm-hmm. yelling at them and, and screaming at them and hitting them with a sign over the head mm-hmm. as they walk in. How about just, you know, standing there and saying, hey, can we pray with you? You know, yes. or, or can, can say in a rosary quietly off to the side. Um, you know, we have a, we have um, a, a clinic, an abortion clinic locally here, and mm-hmm. it's near, it's not too far from our church and right next door it is a it's um a, like a life life choices center oh. and so we've been able to kind of go and pray you know on the mm-hmm. lawn and well, I'll go and say a rosary every once in a while and I'll invite people and you know at first like nobody really wants to go yes. and so we brought the teenagers over to to tour the the life choices women's center that is next door to the abortion clinic to see exactly what they do how they oh, reach nice. out to these women you know, because a lot of times you see it on the news and, and you know, the news doesn't cover um, pro-life very, very favorably all the time. Right. And so, you know, we try to show them, like, that's not all what you see in the news. Like, you know, it's that's the extreme and that's not a way to reach out. That's how not, not how Jesus would reach out by, you know, by calling names and, and telling them they're going to hell for what they're doing. He would say mm-hmm. there's a different way. There's a better way. There's a there's a way to life. And that's what's important about reaching out to these people. Absolutely. You know, I, I love, Alan, that, that you bring the students to or the teens to the Life Center. Uh, you know, I, it is the first time I signed up for 40 Days for Life. I didn't know, I'm mean, as an adult, didn't know what to expect. And I was a little afraid of what I might see or hear or if people would be angry or whatever. Um, so I think that's wonderful that you kind of use that as an introduction to make the kids kind of comfortable with their surroundings there that's a great idea well a lot of them you know we did it last year and i think we had we had very few i mean a handful of teens that went but um because of the experience that they had there and um you know and them talking about what they're doing and and how they reach out and help and what they can do what teenagers can do can they can volunteer at this life choices 
women's oh, wow. center to to just even if they just take names or pray with somebody or if they're just there um you know to help helping giving out information mm-hmm. as people are coming in or leaving or there's they do a sonogram they can do like a sonogram in there um they can help with that so wow. it, it opens their eyes to a lot of different possibilities and i think it's such a beautiful thing this year i think i've got like 30 signed up to go wow. and um and the clinic was like, we really can't take many more than 30. And I'm like, well, we'll do two shifts. We're going to bring as many as we can. That's awesome. That's awesome. Alan, do you ever have a students or have you experienced students who challenge that that position of being pro-life from womb to tomb? Uh, yeah, but it, it takes it takes a minute because, I mean, I'm so this is one of those t- times where like I'm very passionate about being um, about saving the life of every unborn child in yes. the womb. And yes. so, like, and they know that. And so, like, mm-hmm. it's almost where they don't want to challenge me. And so it's, I, I really need to, I probably need to work on just <laughs> allowing them, look, you can, you know, speak your mind here and, and, and kind of bring, because every other area of Catholicism, I'm like, yeah, you know, what do you think? And here I'm like, this is what you should think. You know? right? so <laughs> I, and it's, I mean, honestly, and I'll still listen to what they have to say, but there's been a few. It's usually not the students that are there. And I don't know if that's because, they've already kind of adopted um, the way of thinking that, you know, that I kind of preach about, or if it's because they're afraid to speak their mind, but usually when they bring a friend in, like we'll have question and answer night. Okay. And uh, not, not too long ago, we had a question and answer night and this, and this one boy brought his, his three friends who were atheists with him oh. and like they were challenging everything. And I loved it, you know, and yes. this is one of the things that they asked about, but they didn't ask about it in group, but we ended up staying like an extra 45 minutes afterwards and just wow. kind of talking about, you know why it's important to to save the lives of an of an unborn child, and and wow. I, who knows if they were converted at that moment, but they've been coming back. You know these kids That's have been awesome. coming back um, at different times and talking to me. So like who knows? You know it's planting that seed and watering it. We don't always get to see the flower in youth ministry. You're right. You're right. And I love that how important it is to plant those seeds and then and like you said, then to water them. So Alan, tell us uh, just real quick in our last couple of minutes. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's your biggest uh, or most important comeback to you or, or um, uh, lesson or seeds that you plant with kids who come in who say that they're atheist uh, to kind of uh, let them know that God does exist? Oh gosh. Well, I always ask if, if there were, if there was a God and you could ask him one question and he had to answer you immediately with the truth, what would you ask him? Oh. And so really what that question does is it makes them it, sometimes like they'll say, Well, there is no God and I'm like, oh, okay, but if there was and, and the one like the one that created me and you, if there was one, like what would he what would you ask him? And a lot of times they'll come back with the biggest pain point in their life, like why did you take my grandparents or why did oh, you sure. make my parents get divorced or and so you can oh, see yes. like what's kind of holding them back from from truly kind of surrendering and believing mm-hmm. and then you can talk about those things you know and that that opens a doorway to their to their inner thoughts, which is kind of a hard thing to do at times. Right, right. That's a great, great question. You always remind us about those open-ended questions. And and the most important part after you ask that question is being able to listen, to hear what they say, and to not interrupt, to uh, explain why you're going to discount their opinion, right? 
Yes, and no matter how passionate we are, like I am about being pro-life, sometimes, you know, I, and I've done it, and I think we all do it. You know, we hear kids say something, we're like, no, 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 wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's a, it's a life, it's a human life, there's a heartbeat. There's a heartbeat on Mars, you'd want to go see it, but there's a heartbeat in the womb, you want to kill it, come on. Right. You know, right. so, like, we get passionate about these things, and, and uh, it makes them think, you know, and, yes. and they can see how passionate you are, but there are times where you need to reel it in listen to what they have to say, and then have that discussion. Amen. Thank you so much. Alan Migliorato, co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens today. Check out Alan at AdventureCatholic.com. Well, stick around. Bonnie Mart, co-founder of Women's Giving Circle in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, joins us in the Baton Rouge studio. It is 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. Monday morning, everyone, 12 minutes before the top of the hour, moving right along on this Monday, Martin Luther King Day, and uh, with us now in studio is Bonnie Mart, a friend of mine and co-founder of Women's Giving Circle in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, relatively new ministry, and she's here to share with us what it's all about. Good morning, Bonnie. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Okay, let's jump right into it. <laughs> Women's Giving Circle, we kind of have an idea just with the name what it entails, uh, but it's relatively new to the Baton Rouge Diocese. So share with our listeners what, what the Giving Circle is all about. The Giving Circle is women coming together, pooling their resources, and then together voting who they want to bless those resources with. Okay, so uh, what's the difference between just giving money to a charity that you already like versus women coming together? And let's say uh, it, they vote on somebody you don't want to give the money to. How do you overcome that? <laughs> that, that part of it. Well, we all have... we. The coming together is the fun part because as Good. women, we like to be together. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we do have three events each year that um, we, we gather for, although okay. they're not required to gather. And then we get to vote on which of the organizations that we want to give our money to. Um, if I like an organization, I can give my little bit of money. Mm -hmm. But if I like an organization and we have plenty of us, we get to give them plenty of money. It yeah. makes a bigger so impact. It makes a big event. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So do the members all vote on, uh, say, a charity that they favor? Yes. Or feel like is in need is, for this particular year? Yes. This uh, year. How, tell us how the process how the works. the process yeah. is. Uh, this year, our theme is Ministry to Youth. Okay. So our well, grants committee, which is five or six women, went out into the diocese and gathered almost 40 different nonprofits that help youth in our diocese. Good. Then that grants committee gathered and shared all that information with each other and took some time in prayer. Mm -hmm. And they called that list down to 15 or 16 nonprofits. Okay. Of those, those 15 will go into what we call our giving guide. And that will be given out to the ladies of the Women's Giving Circle at our first gathering. They get to vote for their top five. Okay. So all five of those will be invited back to come visit with us in March where they will speak to us, those five nonprofits, and give us a little blurb about what they do. They get mm -hmm. about three to five minutes. So the ladies get a little better feel for who is, you know, exactly what work these yeah. ministries do. Yeah. And then they vote again. 
And based on that voting, that is how we distribute our funds. So all five of those do get an amount of money, but depending on how the ladies vote from there, okay. that is how. Um, so good. If you make it to the final five, the final five, you're, you're getting, getting some, some funds. Yeah. Yeah. We figured if we got you coming to talk to us, we got to give you something. There you go. Yeah. Let's back up and tell us how you join the Wings Giving Circle. Is it too late to join for 2023? It is not too work too late. We are very much in our our working to get our, our numbers okay. up. Um, I was in the, give, the New Orleans area giving circle, and after being in it for two years as a native New Orleanian, I love my city, but <laughs> I didn't want to keep writing a check to a city I didn't <laughs> live in. So as I researched the Baton Rouge giving circle, there wasn't one. And so I was kind of nudged by the Holy Spirit <laughs> to go ahead and maybe start this, and I didn't really want to do it. But a very dear friend, Donna St. Cyr, said she'd be my wingman, and we approached the diocese, and they were supportive, and then God took over. It was it was a God thing. Well, that's it just great. it went. Our goal was 100 women last year, mm-hmm. and we were 140. Awesome. Wow! So yeah. we were able to give away seventy thousand dollars last year. Unbelievable. So it was, well, that's very good. It was do good you success. do any fundraisers along the way to raise the money, or we it's just monies it's, from the members? The, women join. The cost of joining is $550. Okay. Of that, the 500 goes straight towards the grant money. The 50 goes to pay for our masses and our lunches, et cetera. Okay. Um, all the money that they give goes out. We spend it all. That check is divided by those nonprofits, we don't hold any funds year to year. Yeah. So the next year, we start over again. Yeah, you that's you awesome. wipe, the slate, wipe clean the slate clean, and, and we we start well, all over again. Well, that's great. How do you join? How can you find out? Yeah. Go on to we are on the website, um, diobr.org/wgc for Women's Giving Circle, and the information is right there. Scroll down to the bottom. You join right there. You can put mm-hmm. your credit card in, name, address, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, then you'll get an it, email. And join. you have three meetings a year. You said three meetings and a year. Where do you normally meet at a church parish? We or? always begin with mass. So okay. our first is going to be at Sacred Heart this year. Okay. Our second one will be at St. Aloysius in March. Our last one will be at Sister Dulcie's place, and then we party at John Falls's place mm-hmm. for lunch. Hey, well, so that'll, be, our that'll be late we, April. Yeah, yeah. We know how to do that <laughs> part too. We do all that fun part. <laughs> so, uh, how do men see this? Uh, we haven't been queried by them. Okay. They're welcome like, to join the their own giving circle. I was just wondering yeah. if the husbands have yeah. any input, like, hey, do you need our help? Well, or y'all kind of say, yeah. no, nah, we got yeah. it covered. We got it. We got yeah. it. They're welcome to come and send us their checks. But they, their wife only gets <laughs> so to come. So take their yeah. money. <laughs> we'll take their money. Okay. Yes. Very good. Right. No, I'm curious because yeah. I think it's great. Uh, and I also love the fact that you coordinate it with the diocese. Because yes. quite often people will look at this and say, oh, you're taking money from the diocese or the church. Yes. But technically, uh, you're, you're kind of giving it back to the right. community. Right. Do the organizations that you donate to, are they all Catholic or it they varies? They just need to be within Catholic agreement with the Catholic Church. Okay. They do oh, not have to be Catholic, Catholic organizations. Okay. So yeah. they have to, you know, fall within things that are acceptable to the Catholic now, Church. And y'all are second so. or third year? This is our second year. Second year second already, year. Uh, yeah. which is good. Uh, yes. Did you consult with the other giving circles oh, yes. before they, you got started? They were because so I'm, helpful. Yeah. 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 The New Orleans people were wonderful. We talked to the uh, people from, there's a home at Thibodeau circle as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we consulted with them and they helped us get all of our 
charter together and, and have been t- wonderfully supportive. Yeah. Uh, off the top of your head, who did you give to last year? You said 70000 70000 I think our listeners would maybe... Uh, know who we gave yeah, to. Yeah, we gave like it to, to the Sisters of Charity at St. Agnes. They were our right. number one. They got awesome. our, our biggest amount. Um, we gave to a, an organization called Brave Heart. Yeah. Gave to an organization called Grandparents Raising Grandchildren. I've never heard of them. We gave That's to... Awesome. Yeah. Um, St. Vincent de Paul's Sweet Dreams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Catholic Charities. Um, the Home, the home for, yeah. uh, oh, for Mothers. For, oh, Mothers. Yes. Safe Haven. Safe Haven. Sorry. Those are all great. <laughs> They're yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Even one I never even heard of. I'd like, yes. I need to learn a little yeah. bit more. We kind of like to give to kind of the smaller groups i yeah. mean we're not given big amounts of money we're given a nice amount of money right. so we like to make an impact to who we yeah. give to well i could tell so you seventy thousand yeah. divided by five that's an impact it's still, right. it's still a good yeah. amount of money it well is. bonnie yeah. uh yes. give the website one more time if women would like to join uh, your okay. organization and learn more it is www.diobr.org slash wgc Okay. And if you just Google Women's Giving Circle Baton Rouge, you'll find it. That's even probably easier. (laughs) Bonnie Martin, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you. Co founder of Women's Giving Circle here in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And already, folks, it's uh, 57 after the hour, three minutes before the top. Our day is getting going. Hopefully, yours is too. We're going to wrap up with prayer, like we always do, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, teach me to be generous. Teach me to serve you as you deserve. To give and not to count the cost. To fight and seek, fight and not, uh, not to heed the wounds. To toil and not to seek for rest. And to labor and not to ask for a reward. Except that in knowing I am doing your will. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Gabby? Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, we'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. We have events in your listening area. Louisiana Right to Life joins us. And author Joseph Pierce will talk about 12 great books, get deeper into classic literature. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. is a production of Catholic Community Media.